name's Tamsin. Welcome this morning. Um, and we're talking a bit, as Rod said before, about the body and prayer and uh, where we're at with our series. We've had a, a whole series on prayer recently based off kind of our communal issues with prayer that we've inherited from our church upbringing or um, we've sort of discovered that as you change your concepts of God or you change how you connect with God, if you think of God as a person, um, as an almighty, great, powerful other, you'd pray maybe one way. If you see God as love incarnate on planet Earth, you might pray another way. Um, So how you see God affects how you commune with that God. Um, So, yeah, all of those different things and checking in with yourself, how do I currently view God how do I conceive of God? Um, and kind of reflecting, how do I pray? Do I pray? I haven't prayed in years. Um, everything is prayer. Nothing is prayer. All of those, you know, pray for the car park. Pray for when I'm sick. Pray for whatever your prayer space is. Um, and we're going to flesh it out. We're going to have a few weeks where we're going to invite some people up to flesh out what life as a praying person looks like um, for you or for me. Um, to expand our repertoire of communing with God, um, which I think is a cool thing. I was going to start with a little story that I found myself this last week. Um, As we said, I work in this community centre, which is full of colourful, colourful characters, as you can imagine. Um, But we have a meal there most days, um, you know, between 50 or 100 meals are served a day. It's a bit of a, can it be a bit of mayhem at mealtimes? Everyone's hungry, lots of noise, lots of bustle. And someone, myself or my peer, we sort of jump up and kind of coordinate the meal, any announcements. And, um, and then we say grace, um, stock standard grace, just to, but you're sort of like holding the hordes back like this as you quickly, Lord, please pay for the meal, go. And then they shoo, off to eat. And it's a bit mad, it's noisy, it's messy. And I've always thought, oh, I don't know if we should keep doing this grace, oh, you know, so I was up there this last previous Wednesday, people, most of them are sort of lining up, ready to go, hungry, 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 and I was like, oh, God, we thank you for being here, we thank you for this day, we thank you for this food, amen, like it was, it was that fast, and I thought, this is, this, this will do the job, we've prayed for the meal, if you, st- if you don't do it, people complain, if you do do it, people complain, so I'll do it like that, and just thinking how hollow that felt of me ushering five words in just to kind of get us through. We've done the official D, now go and eat. Um, and that was a, a prayer, some words I talked into a microphone, um, not particularly meaningfully, not any type of connection with the divine or with God. It was just really to the thing we do before we eat. Um, and as I was standing there pondering this and just kind of, oh, I don't know, this is not prayer. This is not what I think I want to do. This gorgeous old woman who's one of my favourite people, um, Ida, she's 95 and comes every day. She brings me food because she realises I'm not the greatest cook and so she feeds me. And, but she walked right up to me um, and she just gave me the biggest hug. She embraced me and wrapped me up in her tiny Polish arms and wrapped me like this and gave me a big old wet kiss on the cheek. And she, just, and she said, you're the fa- my favourite part of today. Um, I know. <laughs> and she just held me. And um, and I just, you know, in those sacred moments where you feel embraced, like you feel, you feel something, I felt something um, as I'm here tr- contemplating whether I consulted the divine, the true God and almighty in my prayer, in my words that I articulated, uttering chatter, chatter, chatter in my brain, this woman 
got to my heart in her embrace. Um, and just thinking of what was the prayer? Was the prayer my, my words? Was the prayer her embrace? Um, and for me, the moment where I felt connected to God was in the arms of this 95-year-old woman. That was where love met me. Um, and it's a body. That's in my body. That touched me in, in flesh. Um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Gregory of Nyssa. Yeah. Woohoo! That's the spirit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, fourth century bishop, saint. Um, he, he reviewed prayer, or it's, it's called prayer, the physical activity that promotes spiritual communion with God. The physical activity which promotes spiritual communion with God. Um, and we have a, such a rich history as a Christian church, but as humans, as people, of physical activities that we engage in that connect us with God. Um, it could be, yeah, Christianity or any other faith, kneeling, lying flat, yelling, calling hands up in the air, retreating, isolated in a cave somewhere, shaking, twirling until you find an ecstatic moment. Um, all these things, washing, bathing, fasting, communing. We, our bodies are the avenue of connection to God. This physical flesh and blood bone is this point of connection to the divine um, we've had at the centre um, some of our Muslim staff or participants who come. Um, it's been so rich for me to talk with them of how, how we're going to sort of, how can we facilitate Ramadan and, and fasting and, and praying during this period of Ramadan as a community centre um, and find it like learning about the washing process and anything, you know, cleansing, the, you know, cleaning the flesh before you, before you pray and finding a place where they could pray um, to, to kind of use their body to connect with God was just so interesting. You know, I haven't kneeled down at my workplace. I haven't lied on the flat on the ground. I haven't washed parts. I haven't done any of that to connect with God. I just very practically I've spoken to God using my words and my intellect. That is the and then I you know, but I haven't knelt. I haven't done anything at work. Um, and these this woman and these people were just using their bodies to connect. Um, so what I just wanted us, as we start, you all coming from all different walks of life and different church backgrounds, you will have come with some sort of physical ritual um, that that you have done, maybe in your church communities that connect you to God. Um, I don't know if you've heard probably Rod, Krista Tippett is a hero of mine. She's this wonderful radio host and a thinker and a... But she would call rituals, rituals a sophisticated ancient intelligence about the body. Kneeling, folding hands in prayer, breaking bread, liturgies of grieving, gathering and celebration. Such actions create visceral containers of time and posture. They are like physical corollaries to poetry, condensed economical gestures that carry inordinate meaning and import. Rituals tether emotion in flesh and blood and bone and then help release it. They embody memory in communal time. Like Rod was saying this morning, the silence, sometimes silence together is not just silence, it's communal space. Um, so maybe at your tables, just to have a quick chat with each other, what are some of the rituals, the physical rituals that you have encountered in your faith journey through your churches? Were there, was there kneeling up at the front? Like my Anglican church, we'd come up and kneel and someone would put their hands on your head. Um, was, was this your standard church posture? You know, don't dare raise an arm. I once had someone tell me, I was at an Anglican, another Anglican church, 
and I was in worship, something like this. Let me just demonstrate my worship posture at the time. <laughs> and um, after the service, this lovely old lady came up to me. She goes, oh, I do love when you raise an arm in worship because I realised nobody else raised an arm. So that was quite moving for her to see this crazy blonde lady doing some wacky worship, you know, with my arm. I didn't want to, you know, risk it and put two up. But, but just have a quick chat at your tables. What are some of the physical rituals you have encountered in church and did, it, did they mean anything to you? So I'll give you a few minutes. I'm going to, you're sort of in deep in conversation. Can I, feel free to finish the words that are coming out of your mouth. Can I, anyone want to share a ritual, a practice that they have encountered in church life that meant or didn't mean anything to them? We'll do standard church practice, hands down, look away, eyes down, otherwise she'll bring the mic to you involuntarily. Uh-oh. Anyone? Did anyone do anything in church? A kneel, a hands together. Oh, sure. I see that hand. Let's go over here. Um, I also grew up in an Anglican church, so it was very scripted prayer, um, you know, where there was a response. You were directed to kneel. So either everyone would kneel or everyone would stand for the service. Mm-hmm. Um, and going forward for communion, and again, a script where there was a response and that sort of thing. And at the time, it didn't really mean anything. I think I've come more to appreciate it more as an adult. When I've stopped going to an Anglican church, then I've actually appreciated some of the words more as an adult. Uh, As a a good Pentecostal, we were very big on laying on of hands. Um, Again, which I think I went through a very similar process of liking when I was very into it and then feeling very strange about as that part of my faith kind of <laughs> broke up. And then in recent times coming around with a little more fondness of memory of, yeah, that strange intimacy of, yeah, of touch and that, yeah, I, I like that embodiedness. Um, yeah, there's a strange, like, really powerful symbolism of support in that, yeah, even though it seemed a lot more like Jedi force powers at the time. To that power of touch thing, um, I remember being so disappointed when I um, uh, got, what's the word? I've just gone blank. Uh, communion, what's the word? 
confirmed but I got confirmed clear memories um <laughs> that when I got confirmed I couldn't I could no longer go up and get Reverend Stephen Trott to I would kneel and I just we used to love the way I felt his kind of blessing and I just felt completely sort of at home as a child and then as an adult I just didn't enjoy the ritual as well as a 14 year old as the ritual as much because it was um I'd, I'd lost that sense of direct touch yeah Anyone else busting to? Um, yeah, I find it's interesting with kind of what part of you connects with the practice of sometimes your your body remembers stuff and then your brain takes over and then you're back in your body again. This kind of shifting um, in how you even remember the practice of, of sort of those physical rituals at church. Um, given that we've all come today embodied, there you all are in your flesh and bones and in your, you've come as a body, um, and sometimes at church we sort of come as a brain and as an intellect and a thought process and I present a really great thought for you to now churn upon sitting here. But we're actually all of this. You bring in today, you bring a whole bunch of issues, complaints, aches, you bring, you know, sensations, you bring heartache, you bring weariness, you bring fatigue, you bring human life, you bring all sorts of things in your body today. Um, I think it's important that we honour this that we brought we're just going to do a – now, this might seem wacky. You are welcome to just start reading an invisible Bible in front of you if, you, if you're feeling this pushes you to your limits. Um, but we're just going to do a quick little breathing exercise. That's it. I'm not – there's going to be no weird – I'm just going to be a spontaneous hand that comes up to help you with touch or anything like that. We're just going to be – it's kind of like – it's just creepy. Just, just here. Um, so I'm just going to get you to put your feet on the ground um, – Feel comfortable, feel free to adjust your chair so you're not sort of looking at me through the side eye, sort of shifty as, but just kind of looking, we're just going to focus on our breathing. Our breathing, it happens, love, we're pretty reassured that it just happens without us consciously sort of constantly managing it. If I had to constantly manage my, my breathing, gosh, I'm very, you know, I'm not very good at multitasking. As soon as I start to do something, I'd be dead, I just can't do much. But it's going, it's happening in your body all the time. Um, so we're going to acknowledge it. Now, there's two um, parts of your body. I'll give you a bit of clarity, you know, that I want you to focus on. You can choose. Um, one, when you're sort of doing a breathing focus, it's to focus on the end of your nose, just on where sort of the intake of breath through your nose and the exhale of breath um, coming in and out through your nostrils. So just to focus your attention rather than the weird, wonderful world of just breathing, but you've sort of focused on an area to think of even like, sort of imagining if it was coloured smoke coming in one colour and going out another colour or something that helps you focus on your breath. That's one part. Another part will be your ribs, like the base. Just think of the base, the lower ribs. Um, and what are they doing when you breathe in? Where are they going? How far are they expanding? And then what are they doing when you breathe out? Where are they going? So they've got a little movement path of their own. Um, so you can choose which part. We're just going to take a few minutes to focus on the intake and the exhale and the magical little tiny moment between each. So as you breathe in and as you breathe out, there'll be a pause and then you'll go again. That pause can also be something you observe. How long is that pause? How short is that pause? Um, so I'm not going to direct your breathing. That's just a bit weird. You'll have to follow my lead. But I'm just going to get a few minutes just to, to take a few breaths in, a few breaths out. Just you noticing what those body parts are doing. 
welcome, welcome, welcome to church <laughs> with your body and your breathing. Um, sometimes just a stopping in the middle of especially a heated moment and take a big deep breath, four deep breaths just to bring you back. We all sort of sit somewhere. Some of you might be really heady people um, who where life is sort of absorbed. You think, you process, you judge, you evaluate. Even during that exercise you might have been thinking, gosh, she's a bit strange. Gosh, gosh, should I change, get some new sneakers? They've got a hole in the end. That you might, Your brain might have been doing some of that of, and then sort of coming back to it. You might by nature be a real heart person, just passion, 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 feeling, feeling, feeling. I don't have time to think about my feelings but I just, ah, passion, passion. And some of you might be really body people where you sort of absorb, you, you sense stuff, you intuit stuff, you, you sort of get angry in your body rather than in your thoughts, you, you feel heartbreak in your body. Some of you might naturally sit anywhere. Um, I naturally sit in my brain, I think which I've said already. Um, I naturally sort of disconnect from my heart and my body. I'm happiest up here. Give me stuff to think about and I'm all good. Um, and that for me came as like even as a child, I remember probably my first traumatic experience that I encountered where things that would have affected me or scared me, um, I remember being a sh- sharp little six-year-old thinking, oh, I'll think about this and I'll feel this later on when I'm older and I can handle it. Very, uh, <laughs> so I just was like, oh, I'll take, I'll, I don't want to feel that right now. <laughs> Back into my brain, all is well. Um, and there's this pattern of constantly encountering someone is upset. Back up into my brain, let's make a joke. Ha, 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 ha. Um, just not wanting to feel stuff or feel the mess or feel just... And that was right from, from young, um, which I'm sure even as a psychologist you'd think, oh, she'll, she needs to connect with... You know, you'd be a bit concerned if this small child is just thinking things rather than feeling. How do you feel? I have no idea. Um, and so then, I know, for those of you who know me, I, <coughs> I teach dance, I do dance, I move, and I have done since I was a child. And you might think, woohoo, she started dancing. It helped her connect with her body. <laughs> no? It did not help me connect with my body, actually. It helped me become very strict and disciplined with my body. I told it what to do, and I thought, you know, you push it, you challenge yourself, you set goals, you're not listening to it, you're not consulting it, you're, you have an agenda. So you're going to make sure it does what you want it to do. Injury issues, these are all things I need to overcome. I'm going to conquer it and I get, you know, so my brain once again controlling my body, not my body telling my brain anything, um, which is all fine except when it's not fine um, for me as a sort of a teenager, which sometimes is when this conundrum of not being a particularly complete soul really struck was I just disconnected to a point where, not only did I just disconnect from being a body, I started to loathe it and just was dislike it, would started to remove myself to really wanting to not have it somehow of being so removed from my body that I was didn't want any substance. I didn't want to be a person of flesh and bone and substance and presence and the ability to just have to have needs. I didn't want any of that um, to the point where you get very sick. And, and for any of us, if we deny our body at a certain point, we'll all become very unwell. Um, and it was interesting, sort of, the treatment that I got was very wordy, very heady. Let's talk about this. Let's talk endlessly about this. Let's evaluate out. Let's talk, 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 which is fine to some extent. But what you need, there's one psychologist, she was great. She said, you need to get to a masseuse or someone, we need to get you back into your body. 
which I have 10 points to her for, but noticing that my issue was not I didn't need to talk longer about this. I actually needed to be back in it, appreciate it, understand it. And, um, and that's when I hit a really, <laughs> a really creative hippie soul who was my masseuse, who was going to be part of my treatment team and help me through. She was, and if you, uh, she was wacky. She had, you'd walk in with special chimes that would enter as you walk into her house. There were fragrances and it was all very sort of, and it was my first encounter with alternative therapies. And, um, but what she did is she just said, we just need to be kind to your body for a while. It needs to be, we just need to be quiet and be kind to your body for, for a while because I couldn't do that to myself. And so that was sort of probably my first encounter of someone really just going, shh, let's just be present, let's be here in this space, um, it's okay. Um, and then I went to church, <laughs> back up into my brain again. I love church. I was radically converted. Man, I was all over, I was like, amen, praise the Lord. I was genuinely converted. I loved church. I loved going. Um, I loved talking about God. But I was, I was introduced to prayer when I went to church, as we maybe we all were. And the power of prayer was a big deal. And the power to pray things out and to declare the truth and to pray things in and this and that. And if someone, if you came to church, I've got a sore hip, we're going to pray the blood of Jesus over that hip. We're going to do all this thing and that hip will be healed. And it wasn't anything to do with my body. It was just words and head and words and head. Um, and, and I thrived. As a, as a sort of dysfunctional human being, I really thrived in that environment. Um, give me, yeah, and I got really good at praying and not sitting, not resting, not kind of like feeling, not expressing my body, you know, or genuinely consulting my body. But I got pretty good at at joining this really wordy, beautiful church, but just so wordy and so, <coughs> excuse me. And then it gets better. I went to Bible college. Woo! I got more wordy again. I just got more words to get more complicated. And, and uh, the one thing is I did Bible college, I discovered how many disclaimers I had to put at the start of my prayers. Dear Lord, great other, not he, not she. Not substance, not this. And so you go through all, you, you just learn more stuff to like, you know, holy, you try and articulate your way through through God. And, and it was so, I thrived. I really liked Bible college. I liked thinking about God, pulling God apart, wrestling with concepts and issues and this and that. Really enjoyed it. Um, but as you can kind of see, just not again being here, not being in my body, um, learning, you know, not really understanding the power of your flesh, you know, in church and the power of being with it and understanding it and and noticing it and asking, you know, having needs and having so much in our breath, in our body um, for that. Uh, I won't go through my whole life story. I think you'll have to eat soon. <laughs> but um, one thing that sort of did throw me off my game with this kind of trajectory was heading over to India for work um, and hit and going to yoga. I happened to work at a school where there was lots of yoga and was part of requirement was to do yoga, forced to do yoga in India. Pretty pretty hard, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I don't know if and I grew up in a church where you know yoga was really of 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 the devil, of the dark arts. Um, and if I did it, I'd be welcoming 
the dark arts into my flesh and I would be turning my heart towards another God. And, and that was what I genuinely believed, that somehow doing yoga would be, it's opening myself up to the, just this whole other world of something that wasn't the pure love of God. So I was a bit hesitant, to be honest. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but one thing it did do is it asks you to really be in your body. It really asks you to let's just sit with your, your, you know, your bones and let's think about how does your, how does your heart feel right now? <coughs> Where are you holding grief? Um, sort of these questions that I hadn't been ever asked before about how do I be in my body? Um, how do I, you know, what are my thoughts? What's, how do I look? Am I looking angrily, sharply? Am I looking softly or kindly? These words that weren't in my vocab. Um, and we're quite confronting. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm just a bit, a bit, a bit sick. But, um, but quite good for me to be someone who needs to come back into my body. It was quite a good process for me to start kind of understanding, hey, there's more to, to sort of t- communing with God than just talking at God. There's a whole lot to do with me being a full, engaged, present body person, mind, body, spirit and soul in the presence of God rather than just my brain agenda. Um, and, and one other thing that I discovered upon coming back was, uh, I've talked about this before here, so I apologize if you've kind of like, I've got notes about this, she's just talked about it before, but it was Dance for Parkinson's. I started a Dance for Parkinson's group here in Melbourne with a colleague of mine. And this is when we would enter into these dance classes with people with physical limitations who are struggling to come to terms with, a body that's no longer able to function in the way that it used to, increasingly so. Um, and I sort of wasn't sure what to expect. But what actually happened was I, used, I sort of met people and their bodies. They're very, you know, sometimes messy, sometimes raw, sometimes painfully sad bodies. Um, and we sort of communed there. We met their bodies, they met our bodies and we communed. One of the most powerful things I have ever done is um, a mirroring exercise with someone with Parkinson's. It's just this, you enter, you're dancing by sort of, I mirror exactly what you're doing with all your limits and we sort of share in this sort of lovely, sort of you touch, um, you're stroking, you're just honouring their body by mirroring it and giving it a witness. Um, goosebumps now but it was so sacred I was like this is like prayer was what I thought at the time this is like I'm in we are affirming the life of each other um this is like prayer really sort of shocking embodied messy prayer um and that's sort of I guess a few little things have started me on this this trajectory that this sacred prayer can be with my body can be in my body in these physical moments, it's not just about me. Because uh, to be honest, coming to this church when, a few years ago, my prayer life, um, I just couldn't, me going to prayer through my head, I had too many issues of, is God this, is God this, I, I don't feel it, I'm not thinking, like my brain was on really challenging about just praying intellectually, no longer worked. Um, I couldn't, yeah, stand up and if we had a prayer session just to go for it with my old school prayers that I used to do, just I couldn't do it anymore. So it's forced me, I think, being here to go, all right, how else am I going to communicate with God if I can't do it through these verbal, 
Amen. Now, look at sort of old school prayers that I did. What, how else can I connect with God? Um, and it sent me into my body. Um, I've, has anyone here got a spiritual director or ever had one? Is <coughs> anyone knows what? Heidi, do you want to just share a bit about what you would think a spiritual, what you, how you understand a spiritual director to be? Um, have a spiritual director through the Wellsprings. Centre, um, and I love her. <laughs> She's in her early seventies, and um, my understanding is that it's someone that journeys with you. Um, a pilgrim. It's not. I think the word spiritual director doesn't do the act. What it actually is, justice, because it, spiritual director kind of sounds like you're being directed, but it's very much someone sitting with you and what's going on for you at the time and kind of asking gentle questions, um, gentle reflective contemplative questions about, you know, where God might be that or be in that particular situation for you or, um, yeah, and sometimes what that feels like or what, what's happening within, within you. So it's – but it's not being told do this or do that. It's uh, um, a walking alongside and a um, – yeah, a journey with, I guess is the best way I could describe it. Um, thanks, Heidi. Um, yeah, I found um, with a, a spiritual director, some different to a sort of a, a counsellor, is, is someone, um, uh, this is my, you know, putting a uh, person inviting another person to accompany them on their faith journey. Um, so it's like a witness of you as you ex- talk about God, as you talk about your life. They're sort of listening, imagining God is in this room and just kind of going, oh, I observe you get really tense when you say this. Shall we explore that? Or I observe you touch your head or when you, you say that, is that something that you're thinking a lot about? Or they're this witness and observer of, of your being. By the grace of God, I have... Um, stumbled across a, a spiritual director um, who is perfect for this stage of my life. Um, she is a, a Feldenkrais practitioner. She's all about body. She's, she does courses on the embodied life. Ching, ching, I cashed in on a good one um, <laughs> right where I was at. But she's, she's all about that your body being a part of your spirituality um, and to honour your body and to listen to it and to give it time and care and nourishment is a sacred act um, and not only that, it's a, a essential act of, of connecting with God. So when I meet with her once about once a month, we usually sit and we just observe our bodies. We just sit and just kind of go internal for about five, as long as I need. I get to sort of decide and just how am I feeling, how does my body feel, do I feel weight on my shoulder today? Do I feel a really deep pain in my belly? You know, or it was sort of start with the body to get to God rather than start with my talking to get to God. We start with my body um, and we then explore from there going, oh, you feel like you've got, you know, something behind you giving you support. Let's, let's flesh that out and what does that look like? Um, and so she's just encouraged me and affirmed me and given the big old thumbs up of, don't be afraid and don't hesitate to, to give your, t- your body some time as a great source of wisdom to you and your life. Your body is often the thing that knows a bit more than you do. I don't know if you've ever found that you, if you're ignoring it, you know, and you're getting sick or you've 
you this and that, and it's been trying to kind of tell you something for ages, and I'm sort of like, oh, no, I'm out, no, I don't need to think about it, or, um, but just sort of letting it be, you know, if you're really sad and feel like, you know, you, you are, you know, and so that when, that's like, so when we commune with God, we're not just coming from a head area, we're sort of coming with this full body that's got a lot of wisdom about our lives, any trauma that you've had in your life will be sitting somewhere in your body, like it, it's, it's, it's a real part of you um, and to deny that in your prayer life is to deny a big open space between you and God. Um, yeah, another little area, sorry, I'm, I'm almost done. <laughs> another little area that I've discovered in this kind of infleshing of my spiritual sacred spaces is um, a thing called Open Floor or um, some of you might have done Five Rhythms. This is like two hours of music in a common space like here and people just move it's pretty easy where you sort of like a two hours of dancing sort of um and if we all took the chairs away we could do one today we're not going to don't freak out please don't freak out (laughs) where you can dance however you feel you need to dance by yourself in a corner on your own kind of doing this for about two hours which you could do no one would judge you you could dance with someone else you could connect with them it's kind of, once again, consulting how, what do I need right now um, and how does that look? Please don't judge me. <laughs> when I, well, I was at a, an open floor recently and I was dancing and this person was here and this really sharp music came on and I'd had some pretty traumatic stuff at work which just was sitting, I was pretty angry but I'm not very good at feeling anger but obviously my body knows about it. Um, and we started sort of kind of doing this little mock fight um, and, and it went for like five minutes and I was so angry at this poor soul. Like I, I don't even know who it was, but he was also angry. At, it was like this mock dance fight where I really felt all my frustration about work come out and just was allowed, no one was going to tell me off about it, to really just let it be present in the world rather than just hidden in my soul. Um, and it, afterwards I felt so like I'd changed, something had changed in me about my work situation of just releasing it at this dance space, had released something. And so there's just this amazing kind of connection between your flesh, moving it, lying down, kneeling, releasing something, and it connects to yourself. You can't quite articulate it. Um, What we're going to do, just to finish up, um, as part of my spiritual practice, I've developed a, a nighttime physical prayer like a body prayer that I helps me not only I sort of do it to become aware of myself, but it's in the presence of God um, so that I can be present to God. If you have ever connected with someone who's not quite there, I don't know if you've ever talked to someone or you had a lover or someone who's, who's there but not there. Um, it's like with God, you can be there, but you're not really there. Connecting, praying, you're not really honest with how you're feeling and you're sort of doing the right thing from here only. Um, But this practice has helped me acknowledge my body, acknowledging all the parts of it um, and and then sort of surrender and communion with with God at the end. And I haven't been able to pray any other way except starting through my body, becoming present to God and then I can pray, then I sort of can connect to God. So if you'll allow me, we might do a bit of a prayer practice based off my nightly prayer ritual. Um, and once again, you can sit there and you can read your imaginary Bible. You can write, draw pictures of dinosaurs. There's a bit of paper in it. You can kind of zone out if you're feeling this is a bit too much. She's a bit wacky. She's just going, 
um, you're welcome to sort of zone out a bit. But what we might do, just for you to have a bit of a taste of my physical prayer practice that I do at night, and I use sometimes a sort of aromatic oil, um, not because there's something special in that. It's more just it wakes up my senses so I'm not all head again. I'm back into my body and the senses around me. Um, and you are welcome if you feel courageous to, to actually touch body parts as we go through. Um, there's this thing, <laughs> what did I call it? Um, um, in any church environment, uh, it's kind of the calm, there's a communally accepted worship practice where sitting, standing, maybe hands up, thats we just feel it in our community, that's allowed. If any one of you right now was just to lie prostrate in front of me, that's not allowed. And we would communally decide that without talking about it. But if you started kneeling, that's sort of here, not allowed right now. If you laid hands on people to pray without us, that's definitely not allowed. <laughs> you know, like so, so this sort of touching your body might feel like this is not a communally pre- allowed in this space. I'm just going to kind of call the space and say it is allowed <laughs> right now. Um, we can go through it mentally. You can just sort of walk with me as I sort of pray through parts of our body. Um, or you can touch. Sometimes touching just allows you to, to kind of connect. So if you touch, for me, sometimes solar plexus, this area here, I sort of put my hand on there and just about my sadness or my grief. And every night I just check in, how's my sadness, how's my grief? Um, what, what little death have I encountered today that's been a real disappointment to me? And just kind of asking yourself, um, having a space in your body that means, oh, actually I'm really still sad about this. I'm really upset about this. I'm pretty heartbroken about this. Um, just acknowledging it, it means you've got, it's still in your body. Your body hasn't forgotten. Um, so I'll welcome you. We'll just be a few, just a few little minutes. Um, I'll go through a prayer practice that I go through. Um, at the end of that, I'll say a little blessing over us as sort of a wrap up. Um, how does that sound? <laughs> All right. You, as I say, if you need an out, there's doodle pads on your in the bucket so you can start drawing. Um, if you just need a bit of something different. So once again, I'll get you to sit with your feet flat on the floor. Um, We'll start with a few deep breaths like you did before. Again, start with the body part that you thought about, your ribs or your breath. We're just going to zone into our body and I'll talk us through. Acknowledge our mind, our place of thought, of harsh thoughts, of kind thoughts. We acknowledge uh, all this processing and judging our world that happens in our minds right now. We observe kindness, um, but we definitely observe its churning, its judging, its distraction. We acknowledge our breath, this intake and exhale that keeps our rhythm like a clock, that keeps us going. We're thankful for the thousands of days that we've had on life on this planet so far. And today we thank, thank you once more that our breath is going in and out and that we are here and that we have this opportunity for this day.
We thank you for the words that have been spoken to us. We receive those words that have brought life, that have encouraged, that have been kind. We let them sit with us. We recall them. We bring them up. We allow them to feed our soul. We acknowledge the words that have been spoken to us that have not been uplifting, that have been hard-edged and harsh and short. May they not stay for long. We acknowledge the words that we've uttered to others in this same kind that have been harsh, short, judgmental, critical. And we hope to restore that which we've destroyed with our words in this last week. We turn to our heart, this space of love and capacity and openness. We hope to stay open to love coming towards us and open to love going out from us. Show us if we've been hard-hearted for fear of pain and shut up shop. Let us feel how phenomenal it is to have people around us and those we love around us. And continue to show us who needs love in our world. Become very sensitive to that. We acknowledge our grief and our pain. Just in this last week, thinking of anything that's been hurtful or hard. We acknowledge the death of some hopes or dreams or time or some deaths are necessary, some deaths are not. We just give our life, our space to our heart for all its sadness that it carries with it day by day, for relationships that aren't restored, people who've been lost and who are no longer with us. We just carry them in our heart right now. And we sit with our hope, our hopes for tomorrow, our desires, even if we can't even articulate them, we, we keep them in our belly We hold on to good things that are here in our lives, but good things in our future. We dare to dream and we dare to hope rather than getting cynical and small. We give our future a big, big possibilities. Um, And for our feet, our feet that walked us into this room, our feet that will walk us out of this room, May they be planted on the ground, present, 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 present to this day, to this moment, present to our bodies in all their weird and wonderful majesty, our feet that will carry us forward into our week towards people that will carry us away from people. But may we never forget to be right here, right where we are, in the presence of God, doing life fully awake and fully aware. So may we come home to our bodies and find rest within ourselves. May we attune our lives to our physical and emotional needs, our wounds and our limits. 
May we have the courage to meet silence and rest and acknowledge our addiction to distraction. Lord, may we meet you in more than words and thoughts, but in the full fullness of ourselves in flesh and bone. And may our bodies be a living door through which we come home to ourselves, connect fully with our neighbour and open ourselves to you. Amen. Amen. How are we going? No one's run out thinking, oh, no. All good? Good. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Good. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm going to hand over to Shane for we soon we eat. I repeat, soon we eat. Um, Thank you so much for inviting us into that. As a person who uh, lost teeth, ignoring my body, pushing through to do the will of God in my younger years, um, yeah, I wish I'd heard that a long, long time ago and be brought into the world. So thank you. Thank you. Um, We're going to continue with the body and eat and drink together. Um, That strange overlap between love and physicality. Um, So, yeah, I'd like to invite you to stick around if you're keen to eat and drink with us.